0: From talkradio.nyc, welcome to At Home. I'm David Theergartner, interior designer and owner of David Theergartner Interiors, right here in beautiful Manhattan. On tonight's show, Seeing Red, my guest tonight is color consultant and color expert Betsy Karp. Tonight's show is all about the color red. This is the first in our series of December Christmas design shows and Betsy and I are going to talk all about red. The color that is so much a part of all of us. The color that protects us, that symbolizes courage and power, that fills our heart with love and our minds with passion. We're going to talk all about the history of red at Christmas time, including why Santa's suit is red and why on earth is Rudolph's nose red. I want to explore using red inside our homes and why red rooms are challenging and worthy of thoughtful consideration. So sit back and pour yourself a glass of red wine or grab a piece of red velvet cake because, as you can tell, we have a lot to talk about, so let's get started.
1: He has a red, red coat and
2: a red, red hat. His boots are black and he carries a
1: sack. He has a twinkle in his eye and a friendly smile. And his name is Santa Claus. One more time.
0: Well, red. Isn't red spectacular? I love red. What a color. On the RGB color model, just so you know, that's the, mod- the modern equivalent of the traditional color wheel. Red is at the top of the chart. Nothing else surpasses it. Code number 225. And just to be clear, code number 226 doesn't exist. Nothing surpasses red, and that, you could say, is the history of red, the prima donna of color, the star of the show, the, the attention grabber and the one that sends the most vibrations throughout our connective body. It's the color of courage, the color of love, the color of a beautiful crimson sky, and the clear blue-red of a cardinal or that magnificent ginger red of my friend Paula's gorgeous hair. We have, most certainly, a love affair with red, with scarlet, with ruby, cinnabar, and fuchsia, magenta, and vermilion, poppy red, and cherry red, and candy red, and all the hundreds of shades of red lipstick. Seeing red as Shakespeare, so adaptly pinned. So long as men can breathe or eyes can see. So long lives this and this gives life to thee. A red, red rose. So I want to talk about it. Maybe not quite (laughs) as poetically as Shakespeare, but I want to talk about how we perceive red. And what red means to us. I want to talk about red interiors, red rooms, and using red in the heart of our homes. And since this is the first of a series of December Christmas design shows, I want to know why Santa Claus is dressed in red, or why we decorate Christmas with red bows and red candles, red stockings hanging from our fireplace mantles, and of course, why in the hell does Rudolph have a red nose? And I just suppose, and I just so happen to have my friend and color expert, color consultant, Betsy Karp here to help us understand the emotions of red. Betsy will tell us that red lives in the center of our body, not just in our heart, but in our core, our existence, the very center of our humanity the very center of our expression. So red. Seeing red is so much a part of all of us, the color that warns us, that symbolizes courage and power, that protects us from danger and the unknown, and that fills our heart with love and our minds with passion and generosity and spirit. It defines our art, our culture, our relig- our religious ceremonies, and our pagan traditions. I don't think that there is a better time to see red than now in this time of celebration, the continuity of life, the rebirth of the sun and of light. I can't imagine a better time to discuss and understand and explore the color red than now. When we gather for festivals and celebrate the winter solstice, And go to one Christmas party after another. Red is most certainly as spectacular as ruby slippers. Clifford the dog, velvet cake, or as special as a satin bow on a present. And nothing is as heartwarming as the rosy cheeks of a little girl or the first time you saw that silly reindeer in the sky.
3: Mm.
0: few things mean more to us than a dozen red roses or the heartbeat of a newborn child so who knew that code number 225 was as delicious as an apple or as bright as a planet and now that I think about it I'm not terribly sure how but Rudolph the 225-nosed reindeer doesn't quite have the same ring to it as red. When we come back, my conversation with color expert and color consultant Betsy Carp. Betsy and I are going to explore how we react to red inside our homes. How best to use red? Why red is the perfect accent color? How red affects our emotion? I want to talk all about Christmas and how red is the key to ancient rituals and modern-day commercialism. This is At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, and we'll be back in two minutes.
2: Well, you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Common and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all?
3: Is it Herman? No! Is it Sherman? No! Is it Eddie? Is it Freddie? No, 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 no! Is it Hart? Is it Schapler? Is it Mox, perhaps?
1: Oh, you'll never, never guess it. Don't snap your cap.
2: Talking about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, him. Had a very shiny nose. So I've
1: heard. They say if you ever saw it,
3: you would even say it glowed Like a hot radish.
2: All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names Rudolph is a
3: red nose. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game
4: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network
1: Did you know you've been playing poker your whole life, even if you've never played a hand of cards? Hi, I'm Ellen Lakend, author of Poker Woman and host of the new show, Poker Divas. On the show, I talk about how poker strategy helps you win in business, life, and love. Tune in live every Thursday, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
4: Follow, Follow Me, me Friday, Friday with
3: Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday
4: at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're, We're your, your digital, digital
2: connectors.
3: connectors. Woo! woo. What's that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Talking Alternative Radio,
4: 24 hours a day.
0: My guest tonight, color expert and color consultant, Betsy Carp. Betsy, welcome back to At Home.
4: Thank you, David. I
0: am so happy that you're here. Me too. We have a great show and there is so much to talk about. Red is just full of all kinds of conversations. Fire and
4: passion. And... Oh my
0: God, there's <laughs> so much. The last time we were together, I asked you what your meaning of beauty was, but I thought tonight maybe I would just find out what, was your f- you know, favorite red anything, your favorite red thing. Okay. And so do you have one? So yeah, actually this
4: morning, knowing that I was coming on this show seeing red, I have this beautiful plush red towel. And I took a beautiful, amazing bubble bath, and I got out and I put that beautiful plush red towel around me, and it does, it, it, it ignites something inside of you, and the, the color of it makes you feel differently, and I usually have white towels, and they're just pure and white. And this towel just felt different. And I was like, wow, this feels really good.
0: So you started your morning off really well. It sounds a little sensuous, but you were probably reacting to the energy maybe this morning getting out of the tub, right? I was. Not to tell you, how you <laughs> what you felt.
4: No, that is one of my favorite things, just wrapping that red towel around myself in the morning when I want to feel invigorated and have some energy, you know, sometimes you wake up and you're just not full of energy and red gives you energy. It just gives you that fire inside to just start your day off on a better foot. And I also am wearing this beautiful red bracelet. Um, A beautiful friend of mine who lives in Turkey gave me the beautiful red bracelet that matches the green, which is the opposite of red. And I wear them all the time and they just have a beautiful sentimental Um, meaning to me. Um, She gave them to me when we were in Fatih in the south of um, Turkey many years ago as a gift. And um, it just, it brings me, it connects me to her. And um, red is something that is about um, connection, loving someone. And I don't get to see her very often, but yet I'm close to her when I'm wearing the bracelet.
0: I think that's a perfectly good way to start this show. About red. My favorite red thing is red cardinals. Mm. I love to watch them fly through the air and land on a tree branch. I love them in the snow, right? With the contrast of the white and the the green. And uh, they always bring me a lot of joy and a lot of happiness. We're going to talk about red, red interiors. I think it's such an important thing to talk about Christmas and why we use red and where the use of red at Christmas. Uh, time came from but before we do that let's just talk about um, how we respond to red you know physically emotionally spiritually so um, is it true that red is the most dense of the chakra colors it
4: is it's your root so it's grounding you to your being to your to who you are in your essence in your core and it's like how the blood is circulating throughout your body and it is the most dense and it is the most fiery and passionate and it gets you revved up to start creating things in your life and it has energy to it just the other day i was on the train and i wanted to relax because i was really exhausted did and you sit down i did okay. i sat down on the train
3: and i had my
4: um headset on and this woman was dressed in a red hat a red jacket red pants who has red pants red shoes and i was getting really anxious Because her energy was like vibrating and she was sitting right next to me. I was aisle to aisle and I was like, oh my God, this is like, I cannot relax right now. And there was so much fire and I was feeling the vibration. And I said to myself, okay, Betsy, just relax. You know about red, just chill out. But it's an amazing thing what red starts to do to us emotionally and how we really even can, how it can affect our emotions vibrating off of someone else
0: yeah i mean uh i find that um uh red can be uh overwhelming sometimes and uh we're going to talk about that a little bit as we get into interiors Mm -hmm. um because it's that powerful and um uh i want to say obnoxious but i'm not going to say that well that's okay to
4: say because i think it should just be in small doses when you have it in your home so
0: we're going to get through all of that you know red has an incredible history uh throughout mankind throughout our civilizations um I and researching the show, uh, women in Egypt used to put red ochre on their lips and their cheeks, and I found that to be so fascinating that that's been a part of our humanity for so long.
4: Yeah, and it's you know whenever I wear red lipstick, I actually there's something that happens inside of me. You feel different, and it's like you're painting your face versus wearing a pink color or any other color. Red has this vibrancy that is so different that um, we just feel inside, or most women do, or I do anyway.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, the, the other thing that I was so fascinated by is um, this incredible ceremonial bowl from ancient China, the Ming Dynasty, uh, about 5000 BC, BCE, as I like to refer to it. But... Uh, um, how difficult it was to make that red glaze in the kiln and to have it come out. And the emperor at the time needed it to be absolutely perfect and they would throw them away. So they would make hundreds and hundreds of them and save one. But fascinating as it is, the colorization of this one um, ceremonial bowl that's at the Sackler gallery in DC, Mm is the perfect colorization of the red Rothko paintings. Mm. And so they did this incredible um, exhibition of one of the Rothko paintings next to a pedestal with this ceremonial bowl from 5,000 years before. And just so that you could see our link through our ancestry and ancient times to modern contemporary times. And it was fascinating. But the link, the real link was that Rothko used as many layers of red to create his painting as it needed for the ceramic bowl to come out successfully. So their techniques and their layering was similar and... The colors match almost exactly perfectly. So I'm always fascinated about our history of red.
4: It's very hard to match reds, too. I mean, I have red, painted, you can't match different, it's almost impossible. I was
0: going to say that in, <laughs> when we get to interiors. <laughs> okay, it's just but really. Red is a no no, um, other than there is an <laughs> exception. But the red is a no no as far as you can't mix reds together, right? right? You got to stay true true to yourself and true to the color. Let's uh, let's just jump real quick um, to one more thought about the history of red, which is when um, the New World was discovered, right? Coke which is an insect in Mexico, became the dying, what would you say? I don't know. They would dry them and crush them, and then that would become the dyeing powder for red. And that's when royalty started to be able to have red dresses and use red as a part of showing their status because it was so expensive and it was so rare and it was so special um, that only wealthy people or people who could really afford it had red so I always thought that was interesting so that's only been what 500 years or so (laughs) right that we've been kind of taking these insects and (laughs) sending them back (laughs) to the old world as it was so that's a little bit about red I think before we get into red as decoration let's just talk about red scientifically for a second because um, red is the longest of the visual wavelengths, right? So blue is the shortest, shortest. and so red, uh, we can see red in, you can only see red through light and, um, and so that makes I think red another really fascinating sort of um, scientific or um,
4: Do you feel angry ever when you see red? What's your first reaction when you see red? I don't... Or uh, does it change? I
0: don't really feel angry very much, so that might just be me. Okay, good. Um, (laughs) I feel overwhelmed with red would be my immediate reaction. Um, It's too much a lot of times, but that's why I like it in small doses. But again, we're going to talk about okay. that. Okay. <laughs> we <get> to <laughs> so we're jumping ahead as I knew that we would. Let's talk about Christmas a little bit, yeah? Oh. And how uh, Red became so much a part of the Christmas celebration. And I think it's fascinating because it started hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago with what was called the Paradise Plays. And they would try to recreate the stories in the Bible, Adam and Eve from the Old Testament. And the apple, which was really a pomegranate, but oh, well, Um, we think of it as an apple now. And so because apples can last so long from harvest into the wintertime, they were able to hang apples on what was then pine trees. And that's how we get ornaments. And that's how we get the contrast between red and green that you were talking about with your bracelets. And I've always thought that that was kind of fascinating, that it started so many thousands of years ago, the recreation of the Paradise Place. And don't forget that people were illiterate at the time. And so these stories or these plays were a a way to sort of educate and help people understand uh, you know, the Bible stories and what was going on. And then um, some of the other reasons for red is... um, the The church, the clergy, bishops wore red. The
4: robes, yes.
0: And uh, cardinals wore red, of course. That's how come we called cardinals, cardinals. And so it just sort of progressed on and on from there that red became a part of the celebration. And it has pagan traditions as well. It's not always just religious. Um, and uh, the pagans saw red as a celebration of the winter solstice. And some cultures see red as a celebration and some see it as warnings and danger sides or lust and passion and whatever, but different cultures see it differently. Mm-hmm. So, but what else about uh, Christmas, you know, that you know a little bit about um, in the 19th century, how we use well, red? Well, was
4: fascinating when I did some little research on um, finding out about how even Coca Cola created so much of the red with. Um, Santa Claus and the artist that came into being in the 1930s, they hired this great artist by the name of Hadam, Hadam Sundblom. It's not the easiest name to say. But anyway, he was um, this artist and he created the Santa that we kind of lo- love and know. He had the white beard and just like the big jolliness of him. And um, it was so well received and Coca-Cola's trademark was red. It was red. Absolutely. And So, so that's an easy. Uh, right, red cor- and white, right. red
0: white beard, and red. And correlation.
4: Suit. And so in the 1930s he drew his first painting of Santa Claus and he used his neighbor as um his model. And then in because there was it was like the times of the depression and it was very hard to come by canvases and paint. So When they hired him again, he took that same painting in 1930, and then then two years later, he created the Santa again, but just added the hat and a whip for the reindeer, which I thought was so interesting that he painted right over his first painting. And... um, He um, then years later, when his neighbor died or his friend died and he couldn't use him as his model for the Santa Claus, he used himself. But he got himself into a little bit of trouble because as he was painting himself, he painted his belt buckle backwards. So people were like. Something's not right here. He forgot to put the wedding ring on, and people wrote in, Why is Mr. Kloss not with Mrs. Kloss? And so people were very curious as to what was going on here. And from 1930 to 1964, he created this incredible, fantastic um, energy of what we all know as Santa Claus. Yeah, that me. was
0: really, you know, the paradigm of what we think of as Santa Claus yeah. is the. Coca-Cola from the 1930s. I put it on Instagram just in case anybody needed to be reminded of what Santa Claus looked like. You know, one of the things, I'm a huge Abraham Lincoln nut mm-hmm. and a Civil War nut, and um, in during the Civil War in 1963, an artist for uh, Harper Bazaar, which was a magazine back then, painted a wonderful caricature of what he thought Santa Claus was, and it was wrapped in the American flag as we knew it in 1963 as sort of a proud testament to the union and a slap to the confederacy and that santa claus became very famous during that uh, period of reconstruction as a symbol of hope and of determination and of bravery and of success and patriotism and all of that so i always thought now he was kind of skinny he wasn't like the big robust Mm -hmm. santa's Um, but they were getting close to sort of the idea that it was a father figure as it was um, throughout time, uh, Saint Nick and Chris Kringle were always father, older grandfather-like figures.
4: And Chris Kringle—they only call Chris Kringle Chris Kringle in Pennsylvania, which I thought well, that was really interesting. I had never heard, thought of that or well, heard of that. Why do you think before.
0: that is? Because it came from Germany and right. the Dutch, and you know, all of those folks.
4: So it was really. As I was researching, I was like, "Wow, this is really." I had not known that before. So,
0: a lot of uh, our Christmas traditions come from pagan. Uh, rituals, and so, like the Germans uh, they had their own sense of Kris um, uh, Kringo that 's where things like Donner and Blitzen come from that that got carried mm. up uh, they in the eighteenth century they would celebrate reindeer in that way, so it's interesting how it all kind of gets manifested. I want to talk a little bit about nature and red and Christmas because we use holly and holly berries. That's a part of Northern Europe as it is a part of the Americas. Um, I think that speaks a lot to what we're going to talk about as far as interiors, that there's a little bit of red and a lot of holly leaves. And I think that's a really wonderful formulation for us to remember. And, you know, as we get ready to do our interiors, is a little bit of red goes a long way. So I thought that was interesting. And then mistletoe also has white berries, but with just a little bit of red at the tip of it. That has been used for thousands of years to make sure that everybody remembers that spring will once again come right cuz if you can imagine winter can get very depressing if you don't have heat or a wood fire or yes. you know <laughs> something warm to drink like a hot toddy <laughs> i guess so but i've always thought that that was interesting too and a lot of times for us we still wrap that red bow around that um, mistletoe the mistletoe and hang that uh, as a symbol
4: Do you have one this year?
0: No uh, <laughs> maybe you need one. I'm not cold <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know who the other famous artist was who painted Santa Claus red at a different time was um, Thomas Nat well yes Orwell. but L. Frank Baum who was the Wizard of Oz creator mm-hmm. so he had his own idea of what Santa Claus looked like and he was also in a red coat so that red coat that symbolism of red at winter time has been as powerful in the centuries past as it is today and um and it probably is talking about what you said in the beginning a part of the core essence of who we are as human beings and that need to express our love and our passion and our family and the things that are important and, and that we cherish, right?
4: Beautiful. Beautifully so, said. Oh, well, thank you.
0: So, um, and then the only thing we didn't talk about Christmas time is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Um, so, we know that he has a red nose because you can see it at night. It's pretty simple and doesn't go much from there. So um, when we come back, we're going to talk all about red in our interiors and how an interior designer uses red. And we'll be back in two minutes.
3: Oh, oh, oh. Merry Christmas! Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane and the Blitz and and all his rain dearer on the rain bells are ringing children singing all is merry and bright Hang your stock and say your prayers Santa Claus comes tonight
4: You are listening to the talking alternative network.
3: Comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co host, Hassan Lord of the Radio Godwin, together we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc.
0: speaking with Betsy Carp, color expert and color consultant. And Betsy and I are exploring the color red. Um, we've talked about how we react to red and our emotions that are surrounds red and why Christmas uses red. But now we're going to talk about interiors and mm-hmm. interior design. Um, so let's do it. Let's talk about red. Betsy, red is so powerful, right, in nature, as we know, and in our daily lives. We talked about how red tends to be used to warn us against dangers, red lights, red stop signs, all of that. Certainly, Adam was warned not to eat the apple. So can you talk about why red is that powerful and and has so much vibration?
4: Why? It's a color that just evokes something in our brain that um, sends off waves of vibrancy, danger. We have to react to it. So we have to take action. It's kind of like it raises your blood pressure. It raises your libido. It raises your appetite. It's just, it forces you to start doing things, to take action. So more so than any other color that there is. And there's an energy to that. There's something inside of you that's like, okay, I've got to like move you know, the mornings that I do my meditations in the morning and I have essential oils by doTERRA and I have my passion oil. It's like, okay, and that morning. And I sit on, I have like different color blankets that I sit on according to my mood and my energy. And the mornings that I'm like, okay, I've got to get stuff done. And I put that red blanket down and I put that passion on and I'm feeling differently. It's I'm motivated. I'm moving. My energy is kind of like, okay, I'm opening up much faster than when I'm choosing purple.
0: Right, and I think that's the proper way to sort of begin this conversation about how we use red in interior design because like the holly berries on a large amount of green leaves and how you can actually choose what blanket is underneath you when you're meditating and take the red away, when we paint a red wall or when we paint a red room, that has more permanence to it. And I think that's when we need to be very thoughtful about how we use red. And red as an accent is one thing, but red... It's
4: beautiful as an accent, but when you put yourself into an entire red room... You've got to take a deep breath when you walk in that room. And it's beautiful if you're going up to a house in Vermont for a weekend and you're spending maybe the weekend in that home. But if you were there long term, you might kill yourself because (laughs) the energy is just going to go over the top. It's
0: true. (laughs) And that's what I want to talk about because I want to break it down into the different parts of how we design. So red walls, right? Let's start right there. There's a huge difference in painting, painting, using a can Mm -hmm. and a brush, painting a red wall, than using fabric on a wall. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I have a guest bedroom that is upholstered in red billiard felt. Mm. That is different than painting that room with red paint. Sorry, Benjamin Moore. Yeah. (laughs) Right? And what is the difference with that? Why is that so? Because when you use upholstery like a red damask, Or the red felt of my guest room. The light and your eyes, how you perceive it, get absorbed into the wall, right? Red paint, a painted red room, is refracting back. back. And so that wall is hitting that wall and that wall is hitting that. And now you're in this constant visual vibration. And then a lot of people... It's too much
4: fire. It's just way too much fire for the human being to like handle on a long-term basis. And it really it starts aggravating your heart rate. And you just you start feeling anxious. You actually don't start feeling well.
0: Right. And then I think where you see a lot of unsuccessful red rooms is when they use a bright white trim on the moldings of the door. So now you have this incredibly clear contrast that i think even sets the red further afire right and sets it up and red is just red is just begging to be noticed right so now what else happens because the rule of interior design is that the interior designer whoever is designing the room decides what to look at first what to look at second what to look at third we talk about it all the time here so when you paint a red room you're basically saying look at my walls nothing else matters there's nothing else in here that's important because you're not going to see it and so that's one of the big problems so if you need to have a red room and some people do some people want it i think it should be in small doses i think a red lacquered powder room is a fun thing to walk in Mm -hmm. and we're only there for a couple minutes right? That to me is sort of a kind of a smart way to do it, especially if it has like maybe a big mirror on the wall. Or an or has, accent
4: wall or is Or an beautiful. accent behind
0: right. the, the mirror, the, the medicine cabinet or something. I think that's good. I think red in the kitchen basically creates...
4: Well, if you really want to eat all the time <laughs> and you have, um, you want to, I mean, get your appetite going. Yes, absolutely. But If you want to be healthy and watch yourself, I wouldn't suggest putting red in the kitchen.
0: Red in the bedroom?
4: In accents, in a throw, in um, maybe
0: the sheets. But why would somebody paint a red bedroom?
4: To have more passion in their life. Maybe their sex life is, you know, not happening and maybe they just want to rev it up. So maybe a red wall, you know, painting your bedroom red for a few weeks might do some good, you know. For a few weeks, for a few weeks, but not long term, and for a well, week, you would have trouble sleeping, but, would you not? Well, I think I so. Mean, it, I've never, I've never been in a red room like that, so I really can't attest. But I don't think that I would be able to sleep in a red room. It would really, it would vibrate the energy, and there's nothing relaxing about being in a red room. It's warm. It could be exciting and invigorating and sexual and energetic, but. I would not want to sleep in a red room yeah
0: i' much yeah i 'd much rather not sleep in a red room. I would room love too. to
4: just quickly can I quickly share yeah, uh-huh. just a really quick story. I went to New Mexico to visit my girlfriend because she had had a stroke, and I walked into her bedroom and it was she had red drapes and she had everything it was felt very baroque and red and heavy. And I was like, oh my God, you are laying in. And she was fearful and she was upset and she wasn't well. And I said, oh my God, we've got to change this bedroom. We're going to go out tomorrow and we're going to just change it. And I literally, I threw the drapes off the windows. I pulled the bedspread. She goes, Betsy, I can't afford to change my room like this. So don't worry. We're going to do it really inexpensively and no worries. Within two days, we went to cheap little stores and we found beautiful. Um, I told her that she needed like lavender and sea foam and blues. And I had gone to the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum and I found a beautiful painting that was the inspiration for this bedroom because it was just so healing and so beautiful for her. So we changed everything up. Within two days, she was starting to feel totally different. And she asked her daughter, she goes, do you think that Betsy made a difference here? She goes, mom, doesn't it feel different to you? The house doesn't really look different, but everything feels so different. And my friend really, her, she's in India now. She's doing so well. She's recovered She's recovered, and she's feeling so alive and wonderful. And it really was taking all of that heavy energy away and lightening it up. And her communication with her daughter was like better, everything. So it's just, there was just like, was such an example to see that, oh my God, how taking that energy away of red and replacing it with something softer and lighter really can help in the bedroom.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, that's a great story and it really exemplifies what we're talking about. I want to talk about red rooms that I don't think are successful and ones that I do. If anybody's ever seen the red room at the White House, uh, that is not a great room by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> I don't care if Jackie Kennedy did it or not. It's not a great room. Take a look at that on Instagram. One of the best red rooms I know is the Baccarat Hotel Ooh, Lobby I can't Bar. can't go to that. That red room is spectacular. And why is that? Because there's so much on the wall. There's paintings and mirrors and light fixtures and a lot of things that block the refraction from happening. And that, I think, is a clever way to deal with a beautiful red wall, and so then why? Where? How can we make red work in our homes? Because people do love red, so it's not about not having red. But I think we can learn a lot from paint, um, from artists, from how they they paint their paintings. And throughout time, whether it was Villiers or the, the famous Western Surratt. painter Russell or Surrat, who used just a touch of red, a dot, a dot in their paint, in to their the paintings, to the focal point of a, something. Yeah, perfect. And I think that's the way we should do it in our interiors. Yes. Right?
4: Just as a focal thing, a, a throw a pillow, a painting, something that just accents the red fire, but don't keep it off the major walls. If and then
0: three things, always three things, right? So a decorative pillow, a painting. A throw. A throw, maybe a small chair. Red sheets are great, too. Red sheets, Ottoman. (laughs) Something like that. Keep it down to that sort of small amount. And then uh there is one more thing that I wanted to talk about with interiors and red is that I think one of the great places that red can be is red rugs. So like the Persians, Persian Mm. silk rugs have a lot of red in them and they're gorgeous. They're beautiful. Right? And that's like the root too, and, because and,
4: the, and 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 we have one right here right now as I'm looking down, which is so great too. So it's like literally that's where you're grounded it, grounding in and being. It's your root. You're stepping on this. So oh how my
0: beautiful! God, I brought us full circle <laughs> because is it not the root of our body yes, and of our, it is. our it humanity? Is. So. Floors are the root of how we start. We breathe into our floors. We stand on our floors and we look up and we take on the world. So red is a perfect place for uh, a rug or a carpet. And, um, and then from there, I think it should be treated as accents throughout. So I want to talk. I think, that, I think we covered that because I, 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 you know, now I'm just going to get more discouraging for mm. anybody who wants to use red. But um, I want to talk about some of the famous things. Famous red things, oh, right? Because okay. there's a lot of them, right? Painting
4: the town red.
0: The lady in red, uh, the little red Corvette, which mm-hmm. was a famous song in the 50s or the 60s, yeah. I think. Red velvet curtains. So yeah. you know, my family is involved in in Broadway and theater, and there's a lot of red velvet curtains. One of my favorite reds is Louboutin shoes.
4: Ah, oh, the red of the Louboutin shoes. Oh, and Woo! we
0: got so we're going to talk real quick about that because. He thought his shoes just didn't have enough and his assistant was painting her nails red and he goes, I'm going to put red on the soles. But you know what I do want to talk about? Um, Because you and I talked about this earlier, the little girl in the red dress in Schindler's List.
4: That's so poignant, actually. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? That has a lot of heart to me because, you know, I think that Spielberg, first of all, that movie was so brilliant and so beautiful and what Schindler did and how many lives he saved and but the girl in the little red dress really symbolizes you know the destruction of the Jewish people and the innocence of the little girl that was bloodshed and you know Spielberg's message really was that he wanted people to see in the United States and in government that they were not aware and they were not taking in effect like, look what's happening. Make this a mark into history. that A red mark. A red mark. In history. A red mark in history of what people are doing to the Jewish people, to the Jewish race.
0: It's so interesting because it really ties up our whole Red Show, The Little Girl in the Red Dress and Schindler's List, because it's everything that you said. But when I saw it for the first time, it meant bravery to me that this little Jewish mm. girl was standing in the middle of this chaos and this awfulness, this destruction and she was in this red dress now she wasn't physically in this red dress but symbolizing mm-hmm. that and that the bravery and that the determination and the hope that she would go beyond this awfulness I thought was a really powerful statement to me too. So it's interesting that red right there in that one example is represents five, six, seven, eight 6, 7, 8 different things so many and different that things. is the power of red and worthy of a show. Yes. So um, exciting thank you for that uh, listen it was a blast so oh, we're going to come so back much, and David. take some questions from everybody and see if we can answer some of those you can follow Betsy on Instagram at Betsy Karp remember to send your questions to me David at David Theergartner in tears and if you would put ask David in the subject line I would love that and so would my staff so grab a solo a red solo cup and fill it up with your favorite holiday drink. And we'll be back in two minutes.
2: Red Solo Cup.
4: You're listening to the Talking Alternative
2: Network.
0: The best designs for your life start
1: talkingalternative.com
0: back and we have a lot of questions but i have a question for betsy and we were talking over the break about red lipstick and how it drives me crazy now listen if you're on the streets of new york or if you're (laughs) on a subway you're dealing with a lot of people right and so what i find is that women tend to make fatal mistakes with the shade of their red lipstick and in particular i find that older women tend to wear too bright of red lipstick now this is all just me There's no huge judgment going on here. But, Betsy, why, why, why do... Well, my grandmother
4: always used to say, a little paint makes you what you ain't. And as you get older...
0: Wait, say that again. A
4: little paint makes you what you ain't. A little paint makes Makes you you what what you you ain't. ain't. Okay. Okay, and she would always paint red lipsticks. And it was amazing. As she got older, she was like quite blind. And she put on that red lipstick like so perfectly. I can't even do it like that in a mirror. But it was amazing how she did it. But... As women get older, they want to feel younger. And wearing bright lips- bright red lipstick makes you feel younger. Well, they think well, most women think that. I don't think that. But women who wear red lipstick like that want to feel alive and sexy and they're trying to attract what they want to attract.
0: Okay. Well, there we have it. So that's Th- really—that's really what
4: the answer is. Okay. Um, and I think that they're—they're—they're they're, they're making up to look younger and more alive, and bring back that joie de vivre that they've lost inside.
0: Okay. Now I understand, and I won't be so judgmental.
4: Okay, there. That's there you go. Beautiful. So we learned
0: something today. Here's the first question, David. This is from uh, Suzanne K. David, I just changed all of our family photos to black and white and updated the ones that were old and I'm ready to hang them down a long hallway in my house and I've been thinking that I want to do something other than black or white frames and so I was thinking of red frames and would that take away from the black and white photos if I'm reading this question right. Um, I love the idea. I think it's a spectacular way. And I think it goes back to how Betsy and I feel about accents. Mm. And I think the it'd same. It really nice, actually. As sh-
4: I'm visualizing, I think it'd be beautiful. Yeah, that's how I'm trying to yeah, visualize yeah, yeah. it, too. Down I really hallway. think it's really nice. Yeah. I, don't,
0: I don't. I think it's something special and something unique. I don't think it takes away from the black and white photos. No. If anything, I think it might bring you closer in and wants you to pay attention to each and every one. A hundred's a lot. Um, so I don't know how big your wall is, but I do like clusters. I do like big gatherings of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like a spectacular idea, and so I'm going to say go for it. Yeah, it sounds I would. Wonderful. That
4: sounds really interesting, actually. Right?
0: Yeah. I yeah. would I would wonder what your the runner in that hallway is. That mm. would be my next thing to think about. Yeah. And I would also think about lighting, because I think when you use red, you need a lot of light. Uh, it can't be dark or dimmed or just a low wattage bulb. So try to go beyond your concept and make sure that the other elements of the design um, is uh, balancing it out and making it be more successful than it than just I've the idea. I've never heard
4: of that, and that's really I, I like that whole concept. Yeah, kind of cool, least, right? Yeah. This
0: is from Tom. Um, is it ever possible to have too much red? And I think that you and I talked about it a little bit. I will I say, think. last night, uh, Tuesday night. I was on 8th Avenue walking up, and I didn't realize until getting ready for the show that all of those neon signs, all those restaurants, all those bars up 44th, 42nd, up to 46th, were all red. And all of a sudden, I was paying attention to, like, oh, my God. So, yes, I mean that has been the conversation of the night is that there is just too much red. I think you can have too much red. Um, You saw somebody in red pants and a red jacket. I saw a gentleman with a long red um, winter coat on. Um, So I started to take pictures about just how much red I saw. And I think you have to be careful. I think there's just a lot of energy and red
4: But red also can be when a woman in a red dress walks into a room and she knocks that red dress. It is, there's nothing like it. It's really magnificent, really beautiful and stunning and just elegant and glamorous and really beautiful.
0: Yeah, no question about it, right? When we were kids in Hollywood, because I was raised in L.A., and a lot of my friends used to call me Hollywood Dave, um, we used to play red carpet, right? Mm Because the Academy Awards were such a big part of... Our life and um, and so I've always associated red with that sort of glamour and that elegance and that beauty as well. Uh, I love red velvet curtains and uh, and the whole idea of walking down a long red carpeting. I think is really glamorous. Yeah. So that's always wonderful as well.
4: When my mom came to visit me when I lived in Italy, um, the first thing we did, we she's like, I want to go to Armani, and she bought the most stunning um, red dress. And it doesn't fit her anymore. But she said that she remembers, (laughs) not not even me anymore. But she said she remembers how special she felt the times that she wore that red dress. The people always commented how elegant and sexy and wonderful she always looked. And it was always in the red dress. Interesting. So So, there is something about a red dress.
0: (laughs) This is from Linda. And so she's... Getting to what we're talking about. So she says, David, I have a friend who wears red all the time. And now that I think about it, um, she's a little bit of a show off and she demands a lot of attention. And it's the first time I associated the color with her personality.
4: Mm. So that's very interesting. So color is very much, you know, when you wear color, it's a reflection of who you are and what you want to say to the world. It's the expression of the light within your being. So she has a lot to say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If anybody wants to pay attention. But obviously maybe if we go back to the earlier part of the show where red demands attention, maybe she's maybe it's a buffer for her. Maybe she's using red as a way of Not usually
4: people usually wear red if they want attention and they want to be seen and known and felt and heard and it's kind of like Here, world, here I am. Come find me or see me and be with me.
0: Mm, I'm going to get back to what I know. (laughs) This is (laughs) (laughs) lipstick and uh, women red dresses is not my forte. Um, But (laughs) this gentleman, Tom, says, David, I have always wanted a red leather Chesterfield sofa. Mm. Um, Should I have anything else in the room or can that just sit all by itself that's how I've always seen it and that's been my big dream and so I'm thinking I think yeah damn right yeah, yeah. go for it I and mean, let
4: that be the piece in the room and yeah rock it yeah
0: I mean something as absolutely as breathtaking as stunning. a red leather Chesterfield yeah. sofa I'm even curious I would love if you would have called in I would love to know how where that dream came from mm. that sounds like a you know, I want a white wedding dress sort of dream. It sounds like something you've had <laughs> mm. for you. But yeah, no, I'd let it I'd let it sit on its own. I think that should be it in, in the room. Again, if you're going to be really creative, maybe more, one more small red dot somewhere. Um, and that could be literally anything. That could be a painting on the wall. A red plant. A, yeah, I mean, literally. But nothing that takes away from the attention of the red Chesterfield sofa. I no. think that's a spectacular... Spectacular idea. Um, okay, so I think we've talked all we possibly can talk about Red. Red. Did I miss anything, Betsy? I don't,
4: I don't think so. I think we kind of grasped it w- that it goes in so many directions. Like Red is just beautiful and sexy and lusty, but dangerous and soulful and how it made an impact in Schindler's List. And they're just and it had a, you know, a history and an essence to it. And I, I it's just... Red is complex. Red is really complex, but yet beautiful and um, sexy and powerful. And it's how you use red. And I think that you have to know how you want to use it.
0: Yeah, that's why I started with thoughtful consideration, right? I think it's absolutely okay to love red and want red in your interiors. But like, unlike any other color, you have to plan it. You have to think about it. And you have to decide how best to use it, or you won't like it in the long run. And we don't want that. We want to build homes that we cherish and And that that we love. And adore. So here's to red. Let's go have a glass of red wine.
4: Yeah, I would love that. And happy holidays to everybody. Yeah,
0: that's great. Betsy, thank you so much. It was a blast. It was. We spent an hour talking about red. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And I want to thank everybody here at talkradio.nyc. Schoolhouse Number 6 Productions. We have a little red apple tree on that property. I couldn't do it without you, and I wouldn't want to try. Bed Keegan for my music. And remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at DTI. Oh, no. <laughs> at Home with DTI. Not to mess that up. And take a look at my website, Interiors.com. Join me next week as we... St- continue our month-long exploration of Christmas design. We're going to talk to a famous New York City florist and owner of Gramercy Park florist, Tom Sakis. Tom is going to let us in on all the new holiday trends and how best to include the beauty of nature and how we decorate our homes at the holiday. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. Remember to stay tuned right now to the Noreen Sumter Show Beyond Potential live life your way and until next week on the radio remember the best designs for your life start at home
1: home for the holidays I believe I've missed each and every place come on and play one easy let's turn on every love in the place it's time I found myself totally surrounded in your circles, oh.
3: Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin, together we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc.
1: Did you know you've been playing poker your whole life, even if you've never played a hand of cards? Hi, I'm Ellen Lakand, author of Poker Woman and host of the new show, Poker Divas. On the show, I talk about how poker strategy helps you win in business, life, and love. Tune in live every Thursday, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.nyc.